And welcome, everybody, to The Whole Truth from the Bay Area, California. I am Steve Side. And from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Kurt Dupuy. How are you doing, my friend, Kurt? I am doing pretty darn well. Yeah. Uh, I've already given you my finer than frog hair, which is what my, my grandpa used to say. But whatever another Southern idiom is for doing well, I am doing that. The views expressed herein are those of the participants and not those of Touchstone Investments. If I had to give a theme last year, we spent a lot of time on client service. We'll continue to do that. But I don't know. I kind of think 2021 might be the year of business development for us. Uh, am I crazy in thinking that? So far, it's looking that way. When we survey the community just generally, business development, growing your practice seems to be, it seems to be like public enemy number one, right? right? That's, that's what generally is the most sought after topic. I think we got some, some good stuff coming your way. Yeah. So we'll call this, you know, business development concepts or ideas part one, and there'll be multiple. And so what we're going to do in this first segment is Kurt and I are going to kick around three ideas each. There'll be more down the road, as I just mentioned. And then later on, we'll, we'll bring in um, a gentleman by the name of Bill Deal. The Bill, real deal. The real deal, Bill Deal, who's a member of our community. <laughs> he is a character, man. He's a fun guy, man. I like that guy. He's He's one of those guys that doesn't have like a, a mean bone in his body. Like you can't even picture the guy and getting just mad. Genuine. Just, just, he just genuine. seemed like a genuinely nice, like a Midwestern dude, you know? So I should say he's in our sister company in our annuity distribution. You know, one of the things that he focuses on is bringing business development ideas to his clients. And, we, and he said, hey, I'd love to come on and talk to you about that. So we said, great. He has uh, a list of five ideas and Kurt and I rated him. I don't think we were brutal. I think we were pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, he came out swinging, so we had to give him good marks. But neither one of us, because you know, I'm good cop, you're bad cop. Let's be honest. <laughs> Is that but right? Neither one of us really want to give everybody really high marks That's throughout. Right. So yeah. we got to get more critical. So I, I, I think we were fair, though. We, I think we were, we were fair. We were fair, and we were genuine to Bill as he was genuine to us. So I think That's it right. Out really well, and the truth is, he brought pretty good ideas. That are that when he's known for this. This isn't yeah. just so like Joe Schmo that had a couple ideas. He's known in his world with his colleagues, with his superiors, as kind of like what, what is he called the the deals list or, or the real deals list or uh, <laughs> it's got it's got a reputation inside his orbit that he comes up with the, with great ideas. So and he, he brought he brought the heat with us today. So we'll get to that in segment two. And Kurt, we're, you and I, what are we going to kick around? Three ideas a piece, and we're not going to raid each other. This is kind of just, hey, here's what I'm thinking about, you know, for 2021 for business development. We're going to call it thinker sizing. We're going to thinker size wow. some, some ideas around around business development. Wow, How do you feel about that. That's a word right there. I, I I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want to kick us off? I'll, uh, I'll take the first swing. So I just started writing a bunch of stuff down. So I would say some are kind of in the tips category or like things to think about. And then some are like actionable, hey, things, things to do today. First idea is an extension of what we talk a fair bit about, which is about niche marketing, finding a niche, um, catering your message to that niche, catering your entire ecosystem of both marketing and service around that niche. And you can have multiple niches, but um, so I had the idea of owning the entire supply chain of that niche. So I feel like I should probably explain that a little bit. Well, I just, so many people, so many people are focused on, you know, they want like the million dollar client today, but sometimes it's, 
there's value in coaching people up, right? Getting in early. So uh, the thought is if doctors or any sort of medical professionals are part of your niche, you should do anything and everything you can to be part of their development when they're in med school, when they're in pharmacy school, do free education to to educate them, first of all. I mean, my, my wife's a pharmacist. She tells stories about people get their first job out of school and they go out and buy the, like, a really nice Mercedes. And that you know they're not all very financially literate. So if you can get them early, get them to be good savers, you get a lot of Henry's with that as well. You know, high earners, not rich yet folks that probably have an appropriate level of service for them that you can kind of coach up over the years. And so it's just finding finding people with money before they have money and then just being part and creating a brand within that world. What do you think about so that? So actually that surprised me because that's not where I thought you were going to go. I love that idea, oh. which is like if you have an uh, if you're focused on a segment, figure out early on how to get in front of those people before others do. That's a genius idea. I was thinking like let's say I'm focused on some company Let's also talk about the suppliers and the stakeholders that are around that. That's where I thought you were going to go, but I, uh, I, I no, but I, I I love your idea. I think that's 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 a, that's an awesome thing to think about. So if you have a niche, think about not just how do you target those people, but how do you actually get in earlier with those people? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll throw one, uh, one which is a, a challenge for for folks in our uh, community. Speaking engagements, identify three or four places where you can go and speak. My point is, if you are not out there speaking and creating interesting topics that people want to hear, set that up. Let's get, let's do three or four of them. What do you think about that? What you're tapping into is low financial literacy rates, right? So if you can just go out there and you're speaking to an audience on a subject, you're going to know way more than them about you're seen as a professional. Listen, I know that's a vague thing to say. What I'm focusing on is the right activities. You know, are we doing the right activities through the year? And if if you're like, oh man, where would I speak or what would I speak about? Well, you know what that forces you to do is to think about that and to develop that and like up your game. So I, I got a good next one then. Good. So find something you love, then spend money on it. So what I mean by that is a lot of people almost have like writer's block when it comes to marketing. It's like, well, where do I start? Where do I begin? There's like, there's all, there's, there's email, there's social media, there's seminars, there's this, that. What matters is what you really enjoy, because if you're passionate about it and you're good at it, money and clients will follow. That's right. I think there's this unique combination where if you have the passion for it and you spend some dollars on it, that's really like fast and the furious hitting the nitrous oxide button for for, for getting new clients. So, so, so whether it's doing speaking engagements with your niche um, or, you know, the supply chain idea, whether it's doing public speaking for charities or for educational organizations or for professional organizations, I just think if you find something you really love or the kind of marketing that you love and you spend some money, put some dollars behind it, that's a really potent strategy. It's kind of related to one that I was going to talk about, which was volunteering. I mean, it's one of the the best things and most productive things I've, I've ever done was to get involved with volunteering. I mean, I met my wife that way. I met so many great people just doing that. Um, and that's a good example of like, I'm going to be doing this anyway. I'm not there to to drive this, but there's all these other benefits. But is that kind of what you're talking about? Or is there other another I think that's a great one. Use? But where my mind goes immediately is LinkedIn, which gives me another nice little segue. I mean, I think LinkedIn can be very powerful to a financial professional's practice, very powerful, but a lot of folks aren't into it. And so I'm, I, I guess I'm also saying like, do something you love 
as as strongly as I'm saying, don't do stuff you don't love. Oh, that's because fair. Yeah. you can't limp into something like LinkedIn, right? It takes. I, I was I was talking to a team last week where it's like, look, let's just get like a. 10, 20 minute routine every day, just like you do on Facebook, Twitter, anything else. You got to put in time on the platform to see any benefit from the platform. So if that's your thing, double down and really use LinkedIn. And if if you want ideas of how to get started there, reach out. We're happy to help. But if that's not your thing, then don't do that because your lack of passion and excitement about it, it is eventually going to come through. So you're your point is find what you like and then just go at it big time. And that's investment of time. It's investment of resources. Okay. Uh, I'll share my number two idea, which, which had, which is niche marketing again, which is to develop stories. Uh, another way of saying that is proof statements for that specific niche. So if I'm, for example, going after, you know, consumer marketing company, wouldn't it separate me if I had, like real cases of me working with those people. And here's what we did. And so it's just so much more targeted. And hey, and ultimately what we're trying to do is say, listen, I've worked with a lot of people that are like you and like, here's what we talk about. I just think some, the more you can get out of the generic and into the specific, I mean, I, I just think it's more impactful. That's one of them that we talked with Mary Beth. Specificity is better than generality. And then we're talking with Ben about the challenger sale. Like when you know a niche really well, you can anticipate both the, the challenges, but also the experiences that these people are going through. And that puts you in that much better position to to captivate their attention. Yeah. As opposed to the generic. Okay, cool. You want to do one more piece? Yeah. So I, I ran across a stat that's from CEG Worldwide. So it's like a nationwide association of coaches, professional and business coaches that said 87% of million dollar producers had a written out business plan to include their marketing plan for the year. In contrast, 7% of those that had under $100,000 in production had a written down plan. So the point is, don't just have ideas. And look, hand up. I'm I'm like... I'm guilty of this all the time, but write down a plan and stick to it, you know, and, you know, reference it weekly, monthly, quarterly, because it gives you a document that you and others can help hold you accountable, right? So if you're halfway through the year and you talk about your plan for the year and you've only done three out of the 10 things, you're like, my bad, that's on me. Let's course correct for the second half of the year. There's just a level of accountability there that you don't have if you don't write it down. Completely agree with everything you just said. And much of the coaching work that I do is precisely what you just said, which is helping people think through and execute. The accountability word is huge in what you just said. The only other thing I would add is, not just outcomes, but also activities. So it's not just to say, hey, we want to drive this much in business, this much in net new households, et cetera. It really is like, what are the activities and the strategies that are going to get you there and get down to the granular level? So I completely agree. And my third one's going to build off that. And what I'm going to advise my teams to do is to create consistency in business development and to create structure in business development. So what does that mean? Are we going to use time, like specific time blocking for business development? I'm going to each week spend X number of hours on business development. They are going to be this. And unless my house is on fire, that is what I'm going to do. And I also put in my notes like pipelines. So to create that sort of operational structure to ensure that we're doing this work and ensure that we spent the right amount of time on those activities. So, yeah, well, we, we've hit on that before too, like financial professionals using prospect pipelines 
it's almost unheard of. So few people do it. And if you're not using something like that, how much stuff can fall through the, the cracks? Since I was related, I'm going to throw one sort of bonus one out there. And this is like a half-baked idea. You that, always were an overachiever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'm almost challenging myself to figure this out this year, but so much is going on with technology and different sites and different ways that people gather. You know, everyone talks about LinkedIn and they talk about Facebook. There's gotta be some, some universes or, or that's probably the wrong word, but where people gather and engage some technology that financial, other financial professionals just are not on there or thinking about because LinkedIn's great. But there's a million other financial professionals in there. Like, there's got to be some places where, you know, you can get involved and engaged, and you're kind of the only one there. In all my interests, like whether it's the sports teams I follow, whether it's, you know, educational, there's communities. And within those communities, there's ways that people engage with each other. And it's like, there's probably communities out there that are being underserved. Um, where if you're a member of that community, you can like anything else, right? It's 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 another type of niche. What can we do that's different as opposed to just running with the herd of what everybody else is doing? But two two thoughts. First of all, very, very few people do LinkedIn well. I'm not beating up LinkedIn. I just think there's probably some things that that people are missing. But I interrupted you. What was the second part? But this well, but the second part is you, you gotta go where people are, and people are on on Twitter and Instagram and yeah. these things that exist. People use all of these various social media platforms. So you have to go. But at the end of the day, if nothing else, even if you are just connected with or uh, you're connected with your existing clients, it's going to produce deeper engagement with those clients. And what is deeper engagement with clients? It's going to produce more referral opportunities and more stickiness for the clients you have. I, I completely agree with that. But where else can I do? Can I go where people are gathering that other financial professionals aren't thinking about? That was all. I think there's there's momentum gathering in all kinds of different areas uh, in tech where you know, you could be an early adopter and be somebody for for that market. But anyways, that's enough. I've sort of belabored that point. So there's six legitimate ideas from Kurt and I and one half. Maybe six one. and a quarter. Yeah. Six and a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> six and a quarter. Um, and then, you know, when we come back next, we're going to we're going to, you know, talk with Bill and he'll give you another five. So, you know, if my math is correct, that's 11 and change business development ideas that you can choose from. We'll be back shortly with our uh, friend, the real deal, Bill Deal. And we are very, very delighted to be joined by Mr. Bill Deal, who I'm told we're supposed to call you the real deal. Is that right? Is that the appropriate nomenclature? That's that's right. Whatever you prefer, Steve. So we should say the myth, the man, the legend, and the real deal, Mr. Bill Deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful to be on your podcast uh, today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Yeah. Bill is uh, a member of our community. He's been listening to the show. He's been engaging with us with ideas. He actually is under the same roof as we are. He's an associate at one of our sister companies. Uh, so one of the main reasons we had Bill on is he's got a little bit of a niche in that he consistently comes up with business development ideas 
for the financial professionals that he serves. And so we're going to have him share a couple of ideas. And similar to you know what we did with our internals a couple episodes back, we'll, we're going to judge him. Uh, we're going to give him the thumbs up, the thumbs down, the thumbs sideways, have a little fun. But obviously the goal of this is to, to come out with some, some great business development ideas. So let's start off, Bill. How'd you hear about the show? Well, um, I first heard about your podcast last summer. I was on vacation. So uh, my girlfriend and I, we, uh, we took a trip. Have you ever been to, to Mackinac Island up in uh, northern Michigan? I don't know if I can even say that. <laughs> it was a long drive. And uh, I thought, well, this is the perfect time to, to, to listen to some of your podcasts. And uh, we listened to uh, each one of them. And then uh, we, I think we had another uh, one to listen to. And then we got to... Uh, up to northern Michigan and uh, on this island we went to at, at, at Mackinac Island, you have to take a ferry across to the island and it's all horse and buggy. So we were no longer in the car. So we weren't able to listen to uh, that next episode until the way back. But uh, we we thoroughly enjoyed them and uh, would also like to just give a shout out to uh, all of our uh, agents uh, that know me and uh, Thanks for having me on, and I hope that uh, they will start listening to uh, to your podcast. Very cool. Well, but how did you hear about it originally? So I'm glad I'm glad to hear that we didn't put you asleep on that long drive up to northern Michigan. So that's always comforting. But what was the first time you ever heard about us or the podcast? I believe I received an email. It was probably last June, and uh, I was like, "Wow, that is a great uh, you know a great idea." Just to, you know, we've been in this virtual environment uh, since uh, March, and I think it's just great to uh, to stay connected with ideas, ways we can help uh, advisors grow their practice during these times. Let's transition a little bit to the business development list. When did you start? You're kind of known for this, for bringing financial professionals, business development ideas. How did this start? This is really just the way I uh, I do business. You know, I'm always trying to find ways to uh, to help people grow their practice. And so you just started compiling it one day. You're like, hey, listen, you know, a challenge in the industry is growth. It's probably pretty impactful if I figured out how to help these people grow the business. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I put together a list of, uh, you know, prospecting ideas. And uh, just recently, I, I wanted to come up with additional ideas that I think that would have a... Um, a big impact in this virtual environment. So, so that's really what I've been focusing on. Definitely during the pandemic there, the chasm between those that are growing, those that are not only seems to be getting wider. So we've teed you up a little bit about kind of the scoring system and, but, but just so we're clear, remember if there's a sideways, I mean, really he's giving you a thumbs down. So we, you want to avoid the sideways at, at all costs <laughs> because he's secretly judging you if he gives you a, a sideways thumb. That's fair. That's fair. absolutely. I'm ready. Bill, so your your list is about 10 business development ideas at any given time, right? That's right. That's right. We'll ask him to go through five of his best. We'll we'll do our little evaluation that we love to do. Um, and then if anybody wants the full list, they can reach out to us at thewholetruth@touchstonefunds.com, and we'll give you Bill's contact information at the end. So maybe let's just dive right in. Give us your best idea, and uh, we will uh, evaluate it. Already, I'm ready to get started. Uh, so the first uh, prospecting idea would be to uncover rollover opportunities in your area by identifying companies 
that have had mass layoffs and plant closings. So here's uh, what you can do. You can Google W-A-R-N, and that stands for Worker Adjustment Retraining Notice. So Google W-A-R-N, and then hyphen your state, so Kentucky, Ohio, California, Louisiana, whatever state you're in, and it will uh, list companies that recently had mass layoffs and plant closings. And I think uh, to be able to provide a, uh, a list of companies that recently laid off employees can lead to uh, rollover opportunities. Uh, also, you know, think about uh, life insurance opportunities as well. I mean, that's such a target-rich environment for financial professionals. This this really exists on the interwebs? Absolutely. And it goes back uh, you know, several years. That's really cool. Uh, Target-rich environment, uh, something that is actionable. I mean, you could work this in with an internal or, or, or intern, do it yourself. Just you know, run this every six months. See see where this is happening. That critical junction in life where people are, you know, in professional transition is is oftentimes a really good opportunity to transfer to a new financial professional or look for one for the first time. That's an that's two thumbs up, Bill. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was thinking. Is, the, is this going to be the right pool of people that you want to target? But I don't see why not. So I think I'm definitely giving that a thumbs up. I completely agree. Bill, have you had people actually do it? Or is this something you've come up with recently? I'd be, I'd be curious to, to the results of doing this. Uh, this is something I just discovered. So I've just been uh, letting uh, people know about it. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear uh, success stories. New idea. Not that many people doing it. I'd love for some of our audience members to do that. So, Bill, you came out hot. That was a good one. Two thumbs up from both of us. Let's hit number two. Okay. Number two is create a video to introduce yourself to your prospects. So keep it simple. Uh, This could be a short video introducing yourself. Uh, to a new prospect and encouraging them to set up an appointment. Or it could also be just a way to check in with your existing clients. So recently, back in September, I, uh, I sold my house. And so I had my house on the market uh, last year and I, I took it off the market. As soon as I took it off the market, I had about 20 real estate agents reach out to me by mail and by phone. And a couple of them, a few of them even uh, sent me a personalized uh, a handwritten note. Um, however, only one sent me a video. Okay. Only one sent me a video and I was able to see and hear that person. I was really ma- able to make a connection and uh, they did a very good job of conveying to me why they were different. And I was so impressed the next time uh, I took their call. Okay. So I ended up using this real estate agent over a good friend of mine. And, and my house sold within 48 hours. So I think, uh, you know, that personal connection by doing a, uh, you know, a short video just to introduce yourself uh, really makes a tremendous impact. You didn't hire the good friend of yours? Are they still a good friend of yours after this? <laughs> <laughs> they are. They, are. <laughs> they didn't they didn't make the video, you know, they they uh, they didn't get the job done. So, Wow. So what you're saying, the the video in in your case, this helped open the door. I mean, this did, this did not close the deal in and of itself, but it opened the door. It, it, there was a big exactly. enough crack for them to walk through, tell you about their services, why they were better, and that's interesting. So so for our audience, I, I have a few questions. I, I I love video content. I think it's gonna. I think it's it's a real differentiator now. I think going forward, it's going to be critical for financial professionals to 
just display themselves to to connect with people, like you said, to put themselves out there. Uh, how would you envision financial professionals using this? Is would this be part of an email campaign? Is this LinkedIn something on their website? I would say just you know reach out to your existing clients as well, just to uh, to check in with them, uh, make a short video, just let them know how much you appreciate them. And, uh, and then also with, uh, you know, with your prospects, people that, uh, you know, instead of cold calling, I think this is another uh, method that is much more effective because you can put a face to a name and, uh, and really, you know, I, I would rather watch a, a video than uh, read an email or check a voicemail, you know, so it's something that, that people just are not doing, but I think it's extremely uh, effective. When I first heard him going through it, I thought you were going to get a sideways because I thought, okay, is this something that's really going to, you know, check the box of business development, going to bring business in the door. But I sort of think you're right that despite the fact that video technology is everywhere, I don't know that this is being done on a mass scale. Like when you told the story of the real estate agents and how only one did it, Kurt, is my assumption wrong that that's probably the case with financial professionals reaching out? Like it's at this point, only the minority that are doing it via video. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I got to give that a thumbs up too. I, I, I think, I think the runway is probably not super long. Cause I think at some point it's going to be something that everyone does, but um, you know, something to do over the next few months, put together a video, bring that into your prospecting that can't hurt. I think you got two, you're two for two, Bill. You got two thumbs up on both of them, man. Those are two great thumbs ideas. up. Alrighty. Well, I'm not finished yet. Uh, you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Number three, look at your checkbook and credit card statement. Uh, see who gets your business and then earn your money back by asking them to do business with you. I'll have to admit, I first heard about this idea about 20 years ago. I was working for a national brokerage firm at the time. And um, have you ever had a root canal? Thank God. I have no. no. Okay. That's a good thing. Cause I, but I, I have to say uh, uh, it's very painful and it's very expensive. I went to uh, the dentist and, um, you know, I had to have a root canal and, you know, it was very painful, very expensive. Uh, so I decided that I was going to earn my money back. So I approached the dentist uh, the next week. I had a good relationship with him. Uh, you know, I'd known him for many, many years and uh, ended up setting up a retirement plan for his entire office. You know, that's just one that, you know, it came across my desk 20 years ago. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do that. I'm going to look at my, my credit card statement and my bank account statement. And I'd just been to the dentist and uh, I decided this is a perfect opportunity to, to earn my money back. And uh, actually, I earned more than uh, the cost of that root canal. What's your take on this, Kurt? I'm curious. I'm curious how that strikes you. I think there's a couple of benefits to this. So, so first of all, I mean, as, as Bill puts it, you know, you sort of get the money back. I, I kind of, you know, as, as a frugal Cajun. Uh, I, I like that idea. But I think what also that way of thinking does is it connects you with the community even more than you already would be, right? It it it, it makes a lot of logical and intuitive sense. For that, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I'm going to give this my, this is going to be the first sideways. Here's why you get the first sideways. Because I think for a portion of the audience, it's a great idea for another portion. They're probably not going to want to 
cross that threshold or it's even going to be the right market. So I think it's a very good idea just because I don't know that it'll be universal. I'm going to give a sideways, but it's still, you know, for a lot of folks listening, it's still probably a pretty, pretty decent thing to think about. Now, let me ask you this, Bill, as you've had this conversation with your folks, are you fine that they just, they don't think that way or they have trouble encroaching that territory or making that transition? Like what prevents people from doing this in your experience? As I tell more and more people about this, I think uh, a lot of them will uh, give this a try. You know, like I said, the first time I heard this, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, you know, just from my, my own experience, you know, it's kind of like, I was kind of like you, Steve, you know, sideways. Uh, but I thought, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at this. Uh, I'm going to do this exercise. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to open my uh, credit card statement, take a look at how I've spent my money in my checkbook. And yeah, it's not it bad. just so happened. It, it worked, you know, so, so I encourage people to, you know, give it a try. Uh, and, and see what happens. Well, hold on, yeah. hold on. I'm, so I'm as I'm thinking more about this. So I'm just thinking in my community. There's independent coffee shops, independent gift shops, independent bakeries. Those are all folks that financial professionals would want to have some sort of relationship with. So, side you and your wall, notwithstanding, because if people don't want to bridge that wall, that's up to them. That's fine. But if you want to be more involved with your community and have those more intra business and intra personal relationships, I think it's golden. Well done, All Bill. Right. Uh, Kurt, Kurt actually just convinced me. <laughs> Thank I'm you, at, Kurt. He's exactly right. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I, what was holding me up is like, you know, there are probably circumstances where it's not appropriate and you don't want to complicate it, but you don't have to. I mean, you could just be choosy about it. This is why I, I, ha- I have a podcast with Kurt, Bill, because he's in a lot of <laughs> ways. And yang. He helps me think. He helps me think better. But here we are so, again. So is it three for three? It's three for three, which is which is not you know, you got two left and and you're we we can't even allow someone to come on and be a hundred percent. Yeah, you better bring good, it now, Bill. He's not going to give you I five. Mean, right, okay. we're gonna get we're gonna get tougher, man. Well, so all right, let's keep going. I still going. have two more. I still have two more left. Uh, good. So let's see what you think about the about the next one. Um, so number four is host a shredding event at your office. Uh, invite clients to bring documents uh, in need of destruction. So think about it. This could be old tax returns. You now everybody has uh, you know old information, brokerage account statements, bank account statements, and then you can rent a special equipped truck. To uh, you know, there's a special uh, truck that uh, can shred all the documents on site. And I think right now with COVID, you could even make this a drive-through event. So I think that would work really well. People could just drive up and and drop off their documents without even getting out of the car. And I've known some people that have done this and they've had great success. Okay, so I'm going to be the heavy here and I'm going to give you a sideways only because I have a client that has done this exact same thing. And but it's a hit. It's a huge hit. It's it's a big annual event that everyone looks forward to. It's more of a party that we happen to shred documents and they do, I think, shredded pork, too. So they they take take the pun, uh, as far as it'll go. So I, I like the idea. Um, but because I've heard it before, I'm going to give you sideways. Okay. How do you, Fair that, enough. that's harsh. That's harsh. It was a good idea, but I heard it before. <laughs> oh, so, so now I'm harsh. Sideways. Right. All right. That's fair. L- well, let me ask you this question. How does this translate to business development? So are you, are you, how do we get new people in? How do we, 
you know, I, I, I could see why it'd be useful to clients, but how does it pertain to business development? I, I believe, you know, anytime you have any type of event, you know, just calling people to, you know, check in with them and let them know you're going to be having a uh, event at your office. You know, that always leads to opportunities for, for sales. You know, by having a, you know, event like this, you know, people are bringing their, their tax returns, they're bringing their bank account statements. And I think it's a great opportunity to, uh, you know, ask them, you know, how, how can we help you? And uh, I've always found that, you know, just by having any type of event, it will lead to, uh, to opportunities, you know, f- to, to increase your, your business. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a sideways too. I think it's a great idea. I think what would make it better and could easily do a thumbs up is like, how do we get prospects in? I think there's probably some way you could do some kind of advertising or social media work where it's like, Hey, we can get people that are not clients through there. And if you could check that box, I think it's, it's a great idea. Absolutely. We're down to the last one. Let's hear it, Bill. Let's what's, what's the cleanup already hitter uh, showstopper. Here number we go. five. Uh, very excited about this one. Uh, this is the poke directory. Are you familiar with the poke directory? P O L K. This is a directory. You can actually go to your local library branch Uh, but you're able to uh, take a look at it. I would really advise that you subscribe to this so you can go on their website. And this directory, it allows you to sort by geographical location, household income, age, gender, whether or not they own a home or not. But it also allows you to search for people that have a particular hobby, okay, or interest, such as photography, travel, cooking, outdoor recreational activities. Uh, it could be health and fitness, uh, quilting, fine arts, uh, sports, just to name a few. But I think this is a great prospecting tool if you're looking to organize a client event around a particular hobby or interest. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I heard of an advisor in Florida that did an event where they served appetizers from a five-star restaurant, so a a local restaurant that's well-known in in your community. Uh, So they used this directory, the Poke directory, to invite clients that had an interest in gourmet cooking, okay? So they're serving uh, appetizers from this five-star restaurant. So they created a list using this uh, directory that they subscribe to online for clients that have an interest in gourmet cooking. They invited them to come. And uh, so I think that's a great way you can kind of uh, use this to find people that have a particular hobby and then have a client event around that interest. And they also have a a search function that uh, will list people who just purchased a home. And I think this is great because they may be new in town. Uh, Perhaps they uh, do not have an advisor. They need to, to find an advisor in their local community. Or perhaps they uh, just downsize and they have some extra cash. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my number five. How is this populated? What is this directory compiling information from? Uh, they get this information from a number of sources. If you fill out, if you buy something at the store and you fill out the warranty uh, information, then they may know. Okay, you're really into to boating, or you're really into uh, skiing. Uh, so they get their data from. Uh, all types of uh, sources, you know, around the country. And uh, I believe, you know, I took a look at this, you know, I even talked to uh, somebody at the, at the Polk directory. And, oh, really? 
very impressed. And, 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 and I will have to say, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, it's never going to be 100% accurate. Okay. But I'd say, you know, it's up there, <laughs> you know, at least 85, 90% from, uh, from what I could tell. So, so this is, uh, and this is a way to, to buy leads is, is what it is. It's a exactly. Lead. Exactly. Okay. So you're saying in, in libraries, you might have access to this free of charge, but I, I mean, I'm looking at online exactly. and there's one for Athens, Georgia that has 75,000 individuals in it, uh, I guess, with all of this information sorted. Yeah. You can sort by uh city. You can sort by neighborhood. I mean, it's very extensive, you know, all, all 50 States. Do you have any idea of what these what these things would cost? It's going to be about a hundred dollars a month. Well, so the nineteen eighty four in me is skeptical of you know how this information is sourced, why it's at the, available at the library. But if this, I mean, assuming this is true, that's phenomenal for for lead generation. I mean, and email marketing and even you know physical mail marketing is not for everyone. But if you wanted to drill down and get good lists, kind of top of the funnel marketing activities, I think this is a great resource to know about. And I, I, and the only Polk I knew about where I'm pretty sure I had some Polk speakers in my, in my old Toyota in high school, but that's the only Polk that I was aware of. Kurt, what's your rating on this one? This is where I wish we had a star rating rather than a, a, a three tiered way. Cause it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like a, it's, it's a sideways with a, with, it's like a four out of five stars. If I was going to give it an Amazon review. So let me just completely yeah, it's like change we, the structure. <laughs> we don't know enough. Like it could be five stars. It could exactly. absolutely be thumbs up. Yeah. Or it could be so, so cumbersome that people wouldn't actually use it and get any benefit from. So I could see it going both ways. As an idea though, so as an idea, I think it's a thumbs up. It, it would require more digging and maybe maybe that's something that we can do and play around with. And I think this day and age when we're, we're, we're doing more virtual events, Think about it. You you could have a topic uh, around a particular hobby or interest and invite your clients to this, but also have a specific list of clients that you can obtain from the Polk directory. It would require a little bit more of a think to, to put through a strategy on how to use, utilize this, but I had no idea this existed. It's very interesting to me. So I like it. Yeah, I'm going to make the assumption that the data source is on point, that the, the data is good, and and that it works and that it's easily easy to use. And because I will make those assumptions, I'm going to give it a thumbs up because if it does, if this is usable, um, that's an awesome idea. Where did we end up, Kurt? Four out of five thumbs up and one side sideways, <laughs> or did we do all five? I think Bill I think now holds the award for the best score on, on our really <laughs> elementary scoring system. Congratulations, Bill. Yeah. These oh, I are, feel honored. <laughs> these are great ideas, man. Are you consistently updating this? Or are you just always digging into this stuff and trying to find new ideas? I, um, I just recently uh, updated these, you know, probably about eight years ago, I came up with a list of about 21 ideas. So I have many, many more, maybe a, a future uh, podcast. But I wanted to really zero down on the ones that I believe are relevant in this day and age. So, so I created 10, uh, 10 ideas that I think are very relevant uh, that you can use in uh, 2021 to, to help grow your practice. That's fantastic. We really appreciate you coming on the show, uh, for listening, for spreading the word. Kurt, you know, he was, 
He he did a stand up presentation to a, his whole company over there about our podcast. Did you know that? I didn't. I saw your podcast and uh, I remember thinking, wow, I, I don't think I could ever do anything like this. Here I am today on your on your podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's it's just talking, Bill. Yeah, well, it's just talking. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate uh, you being a part of our community. We're going to come back with our Costanza Corner. This is the whole truth. Stick with us. And welcome back to The Whole Truth, where we like to end on a high note. So we are in Costanza Corner, where we're going to share a fun, uplifting, or inspiring story to close out the day. Side, you're up. What you got today, bud? This is a fun one. You're going to like this one. Okay, oh, like so imagine, imagine you're sitting in, in your house, and this guy was uh, in Indonesia. And all Given of a sudden, the past year, I can imagine sitting in my house. Yeah, perfect. so you're sitting in your house like everyone else, and all of a sudden you hear this like huge boom explosion. And, and the guy described it as like if, if it sounded like there was a bomb going off right outside the house. And literally he looked up and like something had crashed through his house. So he he's sitting there. He hears this explosion. All of a sudden there's a huge hole in his house. So you think that's going to be a pretty bad day. Like someone it, just destroyed it my house. It sounds right? like Santa's been hitting the eggnog pretty hard. Yeah. That, there you go. <laughs> so, so I'll read it to you. It wasn't a typical day, but that's exactly what happened. A 33 year old Indonesian coffin maker. He was making a coffin. <laughs> so this story is just like, I don't, I can't even deal with it, but it's hilarious. I was working on a coffin near the street in front of my house when I heard this booming sound that made my house shake, blah, blah, blah. As it was, is if a tree had fallen over us? Well, here's what happened. Weighing at roughly four and a half pounds, there was a meteorite that crashed through his house. The scientists put this meteorite as being four billion years old. So, so weird, wow. crazy story. But here's the the good news part of it: the meteorite had, you know, some. It was like minerals and what whatever's in this. It was like a really long term for for what was, this meteorite was made. You're not going to take a stab out of the scientific I'm not name going of this to. thing. If you if you want to, you can Google it. But it was super valuable. So this thing crashed at his house and he's going to sell it. The estimate is for $2 million. <laughs> what? That's how valuable <laughs> the meteor was that crossed into his house. Is that all, is that a great story or what? I was just like, holy cow. That is super cool. When you cool. were going with this and you said this was going to be fun, I realized how dark my sense of humor can be sometimes because I thought maybe it was going to hit him and plow him over into the coffin that he and was into his making. coffin that would also no, be funny that would also instead, be said he just had a two million dollar uh meteorite fall into his house yeah so that's pretty wow. awesome that that's very cool so that's that's our uh that's my story for the day uh we'll see you guys next time you can find the whole truth and subscribe for free on apple Podcasts, spotify or your favorite podcast app we'd love it if you took the time to rate and review the show on apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And for more episodes of The Whole Truth, go to www.touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. That's touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. All one word. Please note that this content was created as of the specific date indicated and reflects views as of that date. It will be kept solely for historical purposes and opinions may change without notice in reacting to shifting economic, market, business, and other conditions. Touchstone funds are distributed by Touchstone Securities Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and member FINRA and SIPC.